Hey church, welcome back. Uh, that time of worship was phenomenal. The time of testimony was awesome. Uh, what a privilege it is for us, um, you know, to worship God the way we're worshiping God. Uh, you know, this season has presented us with an opportunity where we can experience the throne of God wherever we are, the throne room of God. But most importantly, you know, God finds you. He has found you as a treasure. You are the temple. You are His dwelling place, which means His throne dwells in you. He dwells upon His throne in you. Uh, and you know, what a privilege it is for us to have uh, musicians and worship leaders who lead worship the way they do with such passion and so much of love for God. We're so grateful for that and we're so grateful to God. Why don't you give uh, our worship team some love? Why don't you show them some love on the chats right now? Uh, it is so awesome that we are blessed with the best and more are coming. And we really believe that the best, the most creative people will come out of Life Church Global, will will express their gifts from Life Church Global. And this is the platform where you need to be. And God is doing awesome things. That time of testimonies was phenomenal, man. So awesome. Uh, we, you know, we love sharing testimonies. If you ever meet a life where he's always full or she's always full of testimonies of what God is doing uh, in their lives, in our lives, you know, these testimonies are the evidence that a supernatural God is invading the natural and transforming it. Uh, we really believe that as a church, we have a high value, uh, not just to listen to things, but we have a high value to hear and do. Uh, and really, it's a, it's a privilege to, to be a pastor of a church where a majority of our people are not just hearers, but they're also doers of the word. We hear intelligently and we apply the word wherever possible. The beauty about God's word is that no matter what kind of situation you're in, no matter what circumstances, the word of God that is preached, you know, you can, it is tailor-made for your situation. I mean, that's how awesome uh, the word of God is. It, 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 it's, it's applicable to any area of your life, you know, and it's awesome to see that the word of God uh, is, when it's applied in our life, it gives us evidence, miracles, signs and wonders are just evidence of you as a new creation overcoming the old man. It's just an evidence. It's just to show you, hey, listen, you're on the right path here. What God is doing for you, what God, what you are manifesting through your life is just the evidence that you are a new creation. And this new creation is is overcoming the old man. And so the title of my message today is Overcoming the Ego Man, Overcoming the Old Man. Yeah, Life Church Global is a, is a grace church. And what I mean by that is, is that we understand that over 2,000 years ago, sin and its effects, the enemy Satan and all his demons and all of these things were defeated on the cross. We're not sinners trying to uh, get saved but we're actually functioning from salvation we're not we don't position ourselves in our mindset we don't live our lives looking for God to forgive us doing things for God to bless us but actually we function from forgiveness from being forgiven from being a blessing. We're not going to God say, bless me, bless me, God, I need a job, I need money. God, bless me. No, no, we understand that God has already blessed us. That This is what it means to be a grace church. 
when you understand that that grace is not just a doctrine and theology but grace is actually a lifestyle when you start living the lifestyle of grace the grace of god overcoming the old man is very natural it is something that we do with with supernatural beings very naturally we don't we don't function under the law we actually the we understand that the law is already fulfilled it's already accomplished but now we function from the accomplishment of the law we function from the righteousness we don't function we don't go after god for righteousness or justification and we function from a place of of already being forgiven and now god let's do what what you created us to do let's function and, and accomplish what you have sent us to the earth uh, to accomplish this is the lifestyle of the new creation it's a grace lifestyle it's a grace lifestyle where we don't do things from our ability we we function the new creation functions from his ability in and through our lives you know second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has gone and new all things have become new the old man has gone and all things have become new when the old man was gone 2000 over 2000 years ago in Christ Jesus all things became new this is phenomenal when the old man was crucified on the cross all things became new not just you but all things became new which means the the perspective in how we see our lives has completely changed we if we are looking at our lives as as the old man then the old man is still not yet crucified on that cross the old man the ego man is still alive he's still kicking he's he's still controlling your life and the and all the perspective that you have of your life you're still being defeated you're still trying to fight the storms you're still you're not having authority over the storms you're still trying to fight it and you're still trying to pay your debt off and you're still trying to you still feel uh, that that you have sin in these issues in your life when you understand grace when you come into the grace lifestyle of the new creation you see things completely differently there's such a peace over your life there's such an assurance that god has already provided for you you're not waiting for provision you're not praying for it you're saying god okay teach me lord how do i manifest what you have made available for in the spirit you know this is the the lifestyle of the new creation but this mindset this culture comes only when you allow your mind to be renewed with the word of god not just the the law of god but also the grace of god this your mindset when when paul says in romans chapter 12 he says hey be transformed by the renewing of your mind which means the old man even though he was crucified on the cross God positions you in a place to make a choice. In your mind, he gives you the authority to choose. And every time we choose the mind of Christ over the old man, the ego man, that's when we we reveal to God a lifestyle of worship. But actually at the end of the day, if I make a choice to not swear, is worship to God. because i'm choosing to be christ like if i choose to to give away all that i have because the lord is leading me to it's worship 
to God. If you see somebody who who needs a cup of cold water and you give him that water, you make a choice to give him the water, not just drink it, but just give him the water. It's worship to God. Choice to me, to us in our culture, is the greatest form of worship that we can offer to God. You're in obedience to God's will over your life. You're sitting there at home or in your cars or or you're listening to this podcast. You're, you're, You're making a choice to honor God with your time. It's worship to God. And the new creation, the lifestyle of worship is, is a lifestyle of grace. It's, a, it's a, the new creation. You make a choice without, it's not difficult to choose God when you're a new creation. It's actually very easy. You don't need supernatural ability to, to choose God, to choose His will over your will. It's very natural. It's very natural for you to choose Jesus. His character, His nature and His abilities over the old man. When we were crucified on that cross 2,000 years ago, the old man was crucified on that cross 2,000 years ago, a provision was made in the Spirit. And that provision was that you could live without the control and the manipulation of the old man. You could live under the influence of the new man, that is the mind of Christ. A provision was made, but a choice has to be made. A choice to renew your mind with the mind of Christ is a choice that you and I have to make every single day. See, the way it works in with God is in Christ, in this new covenant, is, this, is very similar to how it, God was with Adam in the garden. In, in Genesis chapter 2, we see that God created the animals and the birds out of dust. He formed them out of dust and he would bring these animals to Adam. Most of us have already read this. He brings these animals to Adam and and he he wanted to see what Adam would name them. And whatever Adam named them, that was their name. That's what the Bible says. And there's something very powerful about your name. There's something very powerful about a name in the Hebraic culture, in in Judaism. There's something very powerful about the name because your name carries the the nature, the character and the abilities of of the one who gave you the name. So whatever name Adam gave to the animals, there was an intention in his heart that that's what that animal would do. And that's exactly what the animal did. So Adam was, was, was a sort of a life-giving spirit before the fall. Adam and Eve had the choice to choose not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, when God came to them, He said, Hey, I, I want you can eat of any tree in the garden except that one tree. Don't go to that one club. Don't smoke that cigarette. Don't drink that alcohol. Don't watch that movie. Don't, when, he, when God begins to tell you, God, not man, not your mother, father, when God begins to speak to you and say, hey, listen, I understand your weakness and you need to grow in this area. So stay away from that, fast from it. Fasting, that's what fasting is. Fast from it. Fast from chocolates for a little bit. Fast from it. Fast from that girl, fast from that guy. Just fast, why? Because you're becoming weak. You're becoming like your old man again. And so when God told them, hey, listen, don't eat of that tree, even though they knew what was God's will, they intentionally made a choice to go against God. And that is 
sin. See, the conscience of Adam and Eve gave evidence that they had sinned against God. And sin entered into the DNA of every human being till Jesus. See, when sin entered into, into humanity, it corrupted mankind. It corrupted the body. It began, man began to, uh, began to sin. Man began to fall. Man began to experience death and destruction. Not only man, but all of creation around him. All of creation around man reflects or mimics what is in your heart. Your colleagues at work can be hostile to you if there's hostility in your heart. If there's evil in your heart, you will experience evil around you. All of creation mimics you. They mimic what is in your heart. You attract what is in your heart. You attract to yourself what is in your heart. If there's deception in your heart, you, you attract those who are deceived. But if you have Christ in your heart, if you have the word of God in your heart, if you have truth in your heart, David says, God, you desire truth from my inward parts. Come on, man. That's awesome. You begin to attract all of creation now begins to mimic. They respond to you according to what is in your heart. And so now we have the second Adam that comes in. And the second Adam comes as a man and takes the sin of the world he rescues your DNA he saves he pulls it out of your DNA and those who believe in Jesus actually don't experience sin and death they don't experience destruction death and destruction in their life but actually when you look at Jesus and you see that Jesus is a, the Bible, Jesus says in, in John chapter, uh, I think it's John chapter 5, Jesus says, God raises the dead and he gives life to those who are dead. But, and then he says, so does the son give life to whom he wishes. It's a powerful statement because the son, the second Adam is a life giving spirit. So when the Holy Spirit was given to man, whoever believes in Jesus receives the Holy Spirit. Guess what? That spirit comes to give you his life is a life-giving spirit and this life-giving spirit completely changes everything around you everything around you begins to respond according to the choice when you choose the renewal of your mind when you choose to not allow the old ways of make or, or your choice is based on, on your old ways of thinking, but actually your choice is based on what God says in your life. Now, everything that you touch has life in it. It begins to experience life. Just like Adam had given the nature, the character and the abilities to the animals. We are positioned today in a place to also receive from the second Adam what our character, our nature, and our abilities are. This is very powerful, church. And our character, the character, the nature, and the abilities of the new creation is based on his character, his nature, and his abilities. 
So you must understand why it's important for you to receive his word. It's important because when you receive his word, he is actually defining who you will be. He is defining what you will manifest. He is defining how much you will manifest. So the measure of the word that you receive into your heart is the very measure of or, or the manifestation that you will experience in your life. Everybody wants to know how do I manifest? How do I manifest Christ? Ladies and gentlemen, it's positioning your heart, making a choice to say no to the old man, saying, "Hey, listen, that man is a dead man, and every time he defines my character, it only produces death and destruction." But when I submit myself to the word of God, when I submit myself to the new creation, the the mind of Christ, now the mind of Christ begins to define my character, he defines my abilities, and he defines my nature. And when he defines my nature, guess what? You and I become life-giving spirits. We're a life-giving spirit. But we must understand that this ego man died on that cross. 2000 years ago and even though he died on that cross you and I as new creation because he's a comfort zone we tend to resurrect him from the dead we tend to call him we tend to bring him back from the dead why because we're a life giving spirit it's a very powerful church very important that we understand we're so comfortable with him that when we're bored and we don't know what to do we 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 can't expect what what is god going to do next what is god and when we when we don't know what is going to happen next we tend to lean into what we used to know and what we used to know tends to produce death and destruction in our lives and god is inviting us into a place to let go of the past to let go of that old man he doesn't have the ability to give you life he's a dead man but guess what the new creation receives the mind of christ and the spirit of god and these two elements of god you know breathes life he breathes life upon the word that he speaks and he gives life to everything that is around you and this is how you and i begin to manifest christ on the earth this is powerful church we overcome he overcame the old man on the cross 2000 years ago but we overcome the old man every single day by allowing our minds to be renewed by the fresh bread of heaven the fresh word of god the mind of christ this is powerful you know galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says i have i have passed been crucified with christ It is no longer I who lives but it is Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me it's absolutely powerful because that word it is no longer I who lives is the word ego and that word ego is not main is not said just Oh you know hey I had a good day man it's not it's not like that that's that that's not ego ego is an is an emphatic i when a person emphasizes on i i am the man i run my business i started the church i am the best student in my college i i i i i it's an emphatic i 
But when the emphasis is on you and not on Christ, that's when the ego man, the old man, begins to stand up in opposition to Christ, the mind of Christ. You know, there's only one person, there's only one that can actually say, I am, with an emphasis, because he is the great I am. You know, I'm reminded of this time when Jesus was about to get arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and this is in John 18 and verse 6. They come to arrest Jesus and they, they come to him and Jesus says, Hey, who are you looking for? I mean, he knows exactly who they're looking for. And Judas has come and given him a kiss on his, on his cheek. And Jesus says, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And this is where the word ego actually comes up in Jesus. And he says, I am he. And the Bible says this, that when, they, when he said, I am he, all of them moved backwards and fell to the ground. You must understand that he is the only one who has the right to say, I am. Because it is his name. It is who he is. But when he says, I am the man, I am God, I am the Christ. When he says it, life force begins to go out of Jesus. To a point where physically these guys moved back and fell to the ground. See, Jesus could have just spoken the word and these guys would have been bound. They, they would have been mute. They would have been blind. They would have fallen all over the floor. Jesus would have got up and said, Okay, boys, let's go home. Let's watch for dinner. Let's get the barbecue running. I'm hungry. Let's eat some food. You must understand how powerful Christ is. He allowed himself to be taken away. He allowed himself to be arrested. That's the great I am. You can't kill me. I give up my life for you. I choose to give up my life for you. See, we make the choice to live according to the old man. But I want to encourage you to make the choice today to live as Christ lives. You and I are, are, life, are a life-giving source. When you say, I am John, you're actually saying, hey, my name actually means God is gracious. And every time I, and people call me by my name or I say, I am John, I'm releasing a life source into a room that releases the grace of God into a room. It's amazing how we're a grace church and my name is great. God is gracious. My name means God is gracious. It's amazing how, how you and I are called as Christians. It's not a, it's not a religious term. We are, we are formed, we are, are we renewed into His image and likeness. We're life-giving spirit. There's a life-giving spirit on the inside of us. And every time you say the word ego, I, me, it means that you are releasing the I am into the world. You're releasing the Christ into the world. You're giving power. You're releasing energy, the energy of Elohim into the world to a point where people begin to recognize there's a circumference of the power of God all around you only because you are the new creation in Christ Jesus. We look at Moses in the Bible, a stutterer, a stammerer. He has an encounter with God and he says, 
who, who, who should I say sent me? And God for the first time says his name. Says, I am who I am sent you. What kind of a name is that? I am who I am sent you. But if you read that, if you interpret that word, if you look at the translation of that word, it literally means I exist. I am the beginning. I am completion. I am perfection. He says, the beginning has sent you. I exist. The very exist. It is God doesn't exist. He is existence. And when you, when he says, I am, he's saying existence is sending you out. And so Moses now, who's a stutter and stammer, who doesn't believe in himself, walks into Pharaoh's palace and begins to communicate and do miracles that only God can do. Why? It's because the I am defined his character, his nature, and his abilities. To a point where Egyptians and Israelites looked at Moses and they treated him as a, as a he had a God-like status. God-like status. See, you and I are called Christians. It's a God-like status. I want you now to go in your Bible to Romans chapter 8. I will read two verses. Two beautiful verses. So Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 says this. For those who live according to the flesh, that's the ego man, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Who? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, this, these words, according to the flesh, is actually one word in Greek which means kata. Kata doesn't mean sour, you know, like, but kata in Greek means that, it means to uh, come down from. It means to bring down from a higher place. Okay? And the word set their minds, those three words, set their minds, is the Greek word phronio, uh, which means to direct the mind or to have an understanding of. Okay? So if you were to read this in the Greek, it would, it would mean this. For those who live, who, for those who, who, have, who desire a, an understanding, choose, who desire an understanding of the flesh, who, are, who desire an understanding of, of, of physical things, this physical dimension. If you desire these things, the understanding of those things, the wisdom of this world, if you desire them, then you're setting yourself at a lower standard. Very powerful. See, we're, we're, when you became a new creation, you're primarily a spirit being. That is your, your rightful place. It's a high standard. You are seated in Christ in heavenly places. But when you choose to live in the flesh, you're saying, Jesus, this place, this position that you gave me in you is not good enough. But when you understand that you're a spirit being, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ 
who lives. And when we choose uh, to, to set our minds, those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. How much of your mind is filled with the things of the flesh? If you were to, I've done this exercise before uh, and I actually practice it a lot. I sit down in silence and I breathe and I, and I watch my thoughts and I listen to what happens in my mind. And I, I take a note. Ah, okay, that is not Christ. That is not Christ. Definitely not Christ. Oh, that one's Christ. Oh, okay, that one's Christ. Mm, that one's not Christ. And if you were to only note down the things that you think, let's just say for five minutes, even if you were to just be in silence and note down the things that go through your mind very quickly. Slow your mind down and when you start taking account of the thoughts that go through your mind, if you do this diligently, you will see how much of your mind is actually filled with the flesh and how much of your mind is actually filled with the mind of Christ, the thoughts of Christ. And if you are in this position and if there's a majority of your mind that is filled with the flesh, guess what you're producing? More of the flesh. Choosing to live at a lower standard of life compared to what God wants for you to live. Isn't that brilliant? God wants you to live at such a high standard where the things of this world are, don't affect you. They don't impact you. They don't destroy you. They don't, they don't give you pain and hurt and suffering. But actually, you're above it. You seem to have a joy in the worst of storms. You seem to have a peace in the worst of storms. You seem to have joy that is that is oh, unspeakable and full of glory. It's like a river. You, you don't need a joke. You don't need a stand-up comedian. You're just so full of joy all the time. You're so full of passion all the time. You don't need Red Bull. My goodness, you have Christ in you. He is the energy of, the, of all the universe. He is the energy of Elohim. He is God's energy himself. And my goodness, he lives on the inside of you. You can't have a dull day. You can't have a dry day. You can't have a boring day. It's full of excitement. That is the standard that we should be living at. But you, you've, got to, you've got to make an assessment of what is happening in your life. You've got to, you've got to see what is happening in your life. You've got to make... Just write down. God told me in five minutes, write down what is happening in your mind. And when I started doing that, I was like, firstly, I was shocked at the amount of thoughts that are going through my mind. And secondly, I was like, there's more of the flesh. There's more worry. There's more anxiety. There's more fear than there's actually of Christ. And I had to repent. I had to take these thoughts captive. And I had to take the thoughts that are not of Christ and submit them at the feet of Christ and say, Lord, I ask you to, to completely... I, I put my heart out before him and I said, Lord, there are thoughts in my mind that you did not give me. I gave the flesh permission to dwell in my heart, in my mind. And so I had to repent. I started doing this exercise, repent. Lord, I remove. Repentance doesn't mean ask God for forgiveness. Repentance means remove, repent, remove and replace, remove and replace. It's a transplant. Let me just say it like that. You transplant, you remove an old thought and you transplant a thought of Christ in your mind. Don't just say, I remove that thought and leave it empty. So another thought will come and fill that mind, that place. You've got to fill your mind with the thoughts of Christ. 
And so, he, and so he, Paul is saying here, those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Wow. How many, how much of, how many of us actually spend time asking the Holy Spirit to fill our minds with the things of the spirit? Woo. See, because the Spirit is a life-giving source. You won't need, ladies and gentlemen, you don't, you won't need man to pray for you when you have the Holy Spirit praying on your behalf. When you understand how powerful that is, you will leave the dimension of the flesh and you will live in the Spirit all the time. This is what Christ has done for us. This is how powerful it is. This is how we overcome the ego man. This is how we we nail that guy in the ground and keep him there. No more resurrection power for that one. But actually, give resurrection power to where it's needed. The sick, the ones who are dying, all of creation that is fading away. That's where we need to give our, the, the, the world that is in turmoil, the, the political parties that are in turmoil, the countries and the nations, the fear that exists in, in the economies, in the cities, in the nations. That's why the people who are struggling, who don't have the revelation that you and I have. That's where we have to direct our power, our energy. Not self, self, self all the time. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and everything that you need will be added unto you. This is the invitation that Christ gave us. But he says this, for to be carnally minded is death. To be fleshy in the way you think causes you to experience death. In your soul, in your spirit, in your body. And if you are experiencing death within you, guess what you're attracted, what's, what you're attracting. He says this, verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. He's not saying the carnal mind is going against God or the carnal, no, carnal, if you have a carnal mind, you've positioned yourself as an enemy of God. Carnal mind is the enemy of God. I want to encourage you, your responsibility is to be a son and a daughter child of God, not an enemy of God. And I want to encourage you to come out from this place, come out from being carnally minded and come out from being in the flesh because God is not pleased by that behavior. We choose to live with the dead guy, we choose to live with the ego man, with self for so long and when we experience death and destruction in our lives, we experience poverty, we experience job loss, we experience all these sufferings then we run to God and say, God, rescue me, rescue me. When all along, He had already given you authority over these things. But see, we have a merciful God. And even if you were like that for so long, He is merciful, He is kind, He is generous, He is forgiving. If you go to Him and say, God, I did not know. I wasn't like Adam and Eve. I did not know. I did not know this revelation. But today I know. And if you go to God and say, God, now I know. Lord, I ask you to, to, to restore me back to where I once was. He will bring you to that place and He will 
cause you to experience a seven time more. He will ex- you will experience greater blessings than you ever experienced before. But you will actually live from this moment to be a blessing to your father, to your heavenly father in all of creation. I want you to go right now to Matthew chapter 13. So verse 24 says this. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. The emphasis is good seed. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, "Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares?" He said to them, "An enemy has done this. An enemy has done this." The servant said to him, "Do you want us then to go and gather them up?" But he said, "No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest and at the time of the harvest i will say to the reapers who first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them but gather the wheat into my barn this is an amazing parable which really emphasizes what i was talking about during this whole message your heart or your mind is the real estate that god has given to you you have been placed as a steward over your heart god's not going to come and steward your heart it's your responsibility you can choose to allow the flesh to give you seeds or you can allow the mind of christ to give you good seed and every single Christian every single new creation has been given the opportunity to steward your own heart many times we prefer looking at what is in other people's fields the state of their heart and not really bothered about what god thinks about our own hearts but here we see that god sowed good seed on the ground the owner of the field you're not the owner of your heart god is oof you must you must breathe this in you must accept this when you're a new creation in christ jesus that mind that is given to you is the mind of christ it's not your mind it's his mind the heart that you have today the the place that you process life from as a new creation it's not your heart it is his heart it is it is his real estate it, it belongs to him and you're just a steward of it you're just a gatekeeper of the heart and here we see that while men slept his enemy came and so tears among the wheat and went his way 
This is so typical of what's happened, you know, over the past one year. The true revelation of the state of your heart wasn't taken into context, wasn't taken an account of. Your true responsibility as a steward over your heart wasn't taken seriously. Everybody thought, shucks man, I don't have to go to work, I don't have to go to church, I don't have to go to a life group, I'm not accountable to anybody for what I do at home. I can do whatever, I can hang out with whoever I want. I can see whatever I want on TV. I can watch whatever movie, I can listen to whatever music, I can chat with whoever I want to chat, I am not accountable. Not realizing that the guy who owns the property is watching you. The guy who owns your heart. The guy who gave his life so that he can have yours. He's watching you while you get a premium Netflix subscription. While you get premium YouTube subscription, no need of all these ads, I don't want any disturbance. And you binge on TV, you binge on food. Can't go out, but delivery can come home. So you binge, sit all day, just eating, watching, eating, watching. And subconsciously, you go to sleep. You are not ferociously guarding your heart of what comes into your heart. You just watch anything, anything that goes by, you're just watching it because you have the time. You have no agenda. You have no purpose during this season. Even work is stopped. Even family members, the only time we have some sort of spiritual input is on a Friday or during a Zoom chat for live groups. But God's watching. What are you doing the rest of the time with the real estate He's given you? What are you doing with your heart? And while you fell asleep into the old man, an enemy came and sowed tares. Not seed, sowed tares amongst the seed. In the same real estate where the seed was sown, where wheat was sown, it came and sowed tares. Tares, if you look at the, at the plant, it looks exactly the same as wheat. And when you look at your field, wow, man, look at me. I'm a good Christian. Look at, wow, man, look at, wow, look at all green, luscious green. Wow, bam. I'm a good, I'm a good Christian now. Look at me, I'm going to church on YouTube. Look at me, I'm, I'm saying all the good things, all the right things at Life Group on Zoom. But actually, spiritually, I'm experiencing more flesh than I am of the Spirit. And we become judges of things we have absolutely no authority over. And the place that we have authority over, we've gone to sleep. And somebody else has come. Another voice has come and sowed seeds of discord and division into the very place of your heart 
and it's divided how you see people. It's divided how you, you, how spiritual you are, how you're experiencing the realm of the spirit, how you're experiencing miracle signs and wonders. All of a sudden now, you sound fleshy when you open your mouth. You don't sound like Christ. You don't sound with hope. You sound with, with just negativity and you sound with so much of hurt and pain and, and all of that stuff. And, and all of a sudden, you're not, you're not looking at the storm going, I have authority over the storm. But actually you're looking and now you're asking Christians to pray for you. Pray that my business prospers, brother. Pray that my health incre- improves, brother. Pray, 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 pray. Because you have no faith to pray for yourself. You have no faith to have authority over the spirits that seem to be attacking your life. I want to encourage you, church. Don't go to sleep on your walk with God. Don't go to sleep on guarding the state of your heart. It is precious real estate. Jesus gave his life for it. And God is entrusting you with the heart, with the mind of Christ. And it's your responsibility to keep that dead man dead and allow the spirit man to live. It's your responsibility. It's strange how in a certain season, certain people enter into our lives and sow seeds of discord and division and you don't hear from them as often as you used to. It seems like the enemy has come and he's divided. He's come and done damage. And he's gone on his way because he's looking for the next person to do damage to. And you're left in discord. You're left with broken relationships. You're left with a broken life. Your finances are in a mess. Your marriage is in a mess. Your children are in a mess. And you think you have to strive more to make your business successful. And all of a sudden now you are fearful of people. What are they agenda? Why do they want to talk to me? Why do they want me to come on life group? Why do they want me to attend church? Why? Why? All of a sudden, some the things that were meant to be for good are questioned. That's how you know you've become fleshy. That's how you know the ego man is still kicking. So the servants now, the pastors come to Jesus and say, Hey, should we pull out everything? The leaders of the church, the life coach can see now there's a problem. Listen to me very carefully now. God, do we, how do we deal with this person? And God says, no, no, just leave them. Just leave them. Don't try to remove, don't try to counsel them. Don't try to pull out the bad seeds that are in their mind. Because as you're pulling out the bad seeds, even the good stuff will come out. And the process of life goes back all again. Just imagine if we try to counsel and pull out all the bad stuff that is in your mind, even the good things will go out and you're back to square one again, a little baby, immature, learning to drink milk again. And a lot of Christians are in this place, still drinking milk because they're trying, they recognize, oh shucks man, I went for counseling and my pastor told me to do this, do this, this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me, this is wrong with me. And I've got to do this now, I'm pulling these things out and I feel like, I'm not spiritual anymore. I feel like I have to go back to reading my Bible like a little child again. I need to sit down and I I feel immature. I feel like Christians around me, church, my friends have become more mature than I am. And I feel insignificant. And I feel like they don't love me anymore. And I feel like I need to make a distance. I keep a distance between them and me. 
And so now eventually, little by little, the plan of the enemy to annihilate you, to separate you. The wolf separates sheep by sheep. And then guess what? Barbecue. Sheep by sheep. I wish there was an easier way to say this. But really, the choice has been given to us to steward our heart. He says, let those, whatever's in them, let it grow. When the time comes, I'm going to send the reaper. Ladies and gentlemen, the reapers are coming. Some versions of the Bible say angels. But whether they're angels or any other reaper, grim reaper, smiling reaper, it doesn't matter. Reapers are coming. And they're coming to reap what you have produced in your heart. And as a steward of the real estate, this farmland that belongs to God, as a steward of this land, you can go to God with a hundredfold harvest, sixtyfold harvest, 30-fold harvest, 20-fold harvest, 10-fold harvest, or no harvest at all. It's your choice. It's not up to the pastor, not up to, the, not up to which church you go to, or which church you go to online. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. What matters is, I've, God has given you a heart. And that heart produces. The purpose of the heart is to produce, give life. Are you a life giver? Or are you waiting for someone to give you life? We see in the scripture, he says, let them both grow together. The reapers come, they reap the harvest. And everything, all the bad stuff, all the Netflix seeds, the YouTube seeds, the music words, all that all stuff that you filled your mind with. If you filled your mind during this season, 90% everything of the flesh and 10% of God, because you spend 45 minutes to an hour a week listening to a word. And the rest of the week, you're like, you're junking yourself. <laughs> You're filling your mind with junk, the things of this world, wisdom of this world. Now when the time comes for you to have an account for your heart, he looks at the fruit, he looks at what you've, what you've born. And I'm believing that life is global. Every single one of you will bear a hundredfold harvest. I'm believing that you have been a good steward of your heart. You've been a good steward of, your, of the word of God. You have taken account of every single seed in your mind that comes into your mind. And you say, God, this seed is your seed. I receive the seed. Let it go deep into my heart. And Lord, let it bear a harvest. He's, you don't have to water it. You don't have to worry about fertilizing it. He does all that stuff. You have to choose which seed you receive. And I love, you know, God had started teaching me this when I when, when, in the beginning of life when I started understanding that transformation comes through the renewing of my mind. 
and I would lie on my bed thinking about the next day and you can do this. This is an exercise that you can do. I would lie on, the, on my bed just before I go to sleep and I would think about the next day. Now just, just imagine this with me now. I'm, I'm thinking about the next day and I'm going, shucks man, I need to pay that bill. Oh shucks, I need to do, I, I need, I need to do this. I need to preach here. I need to do that. I need to study. I need to, uh, I need to worship. I need to, I need to do all these things. I need to uh, buy my wife a gift. I need to, I need to go to office. I need to all, everything else except what Christ is thinking. And so the next day, I'm reaping exactly what I've sown, what I've allowed to sow into my heart. Troubles, worries, anxiety, fear, all of that. What if we were to practice this and say, okay, tomorrow, today, tonight, before I experience tomorrow, I'm going to make it a choice to receive only the seeds of Christ for tomorrow. What does Christ think about my tomorrow? What does he want for my life tomorrow? What does he want for my life five years from now? What does he want for my life 10 years from now? What does he want for my life 500 years from now? Why does he need to keep me alive? What does he want from me tomorrow? Because what he wants from you tomorrow is what he'll sow into your heart tonight. And if you can allow his seed to enter into your heart and allow his seed to enter, go deep into your heart. I mean, as simple as, as this. Last night, I, I, I was practicing this before I preached it again. You know, I was practicing it and I said, God, when I was walking my dogs, I was like, God, what is, what is on your mind for tomorrow? And he said, tomorrow I'm going to love every single one I meet. I said, wow, that's amazing. I want that. I received that. In fact, this is your mind. He told me that body that you have belongs to me. It is my body. I am in authority over that body because you have given it to me. I said, Lord, everything in me is yours. Everything about me is, is yours. I, I live only for you. In fact, I, John hides in Christ. We're hidden in Christ. And when Christ is revealed, John is revealed. That's what Paul says. When you start thinking with the mind of Christ, it's the mind of Christ thinking in you. It's powerful. When you start thinking according to the mind of Christ, it's no longer you in control of your mind. It's the mind of Christ in control of you and what you think. And so now, today, I woke up and I, and I was like, yeah, the first thing I see, first person I see is my wife. And I did not have to make a choice to love my wife. It was just natural. I just loved on my wife. I saw my dogs and even though they came into my bedroom, usually I'd be like, ah, come on, go out of the bedroom. But today it was like, hey, what's up? So good to see you. And I was shocked on the inside of Christ. I was like, wow. Even my dogs were shocked. But it's It's love. You, you don't have to, when you receive the seed of Christ, the fruit is natural. You don't have to try to love people. You just love. You're just kind, you're gentle. You're long-suffering with people, forgiving. And you must understand, overcoming the ego man is not hard. We just have to make a choice 
to say yes to the mind of Christ. When we say yes to the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ equips us, gives us his nature, his ability and his character to do all things as Christ does. So today church, I want to bless you. I'm so grateful that you would listen to God's word today, that you made room in your heart to receive the seed of God's word. So I want to encourage you, maybe, you know, next week when you're, before you come uh, to church, before you get ready for the church service, to spend time just removing the seeds, emptying out seeds that are in, in your heart, that are not of God, and make room for more seeds in your heart of God. See, the, the real estate of your mind, the, the conscious mind is, is limited to the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind takes a lot more space than your conscious mind does. But the conscious mind, even though it's a limited mind, you have the ability to enlighten that mind, to enlighten the subconscious mind. And when you do that, you got to do an exercise every single day to say, what is going through my mind right now? Is this a thought of Christ? If it's not a thought of Christ, it belongs at the foot of the cross. Actually, it belongs on the cross. A thought of the flesh, a thought of pleasuring yourself. Oh, I'm the man, you know, all that kind of stuff. That belongs on the cross. It died 2,000 years ago. And when you choose to process those thoughts through the cross, you leave it at the cross and you say, God, my heart is empty right now. I'm ready to receive your word. I'm ready to receive your mind, your seeds. Now, just like Mary, be it unto me according to your word. And Christ begins to be manifested in and through your life. So today I want to bless you, church. I want to declare God's abundant life and love over you. May every seed that was sown today bear a hundredfold harvest in your life so that you can present your heart to God with the Christ fruit. Not just your fruit, not just human fruit, but the fruit of the new creation, which is a life-giving fruit. So today I bless you. I want to declare over you the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you.